Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Pig Health Today, and with me is Dr. Tamika Sims. She is director of Food Technology Communications for the International Food Information Council. Tamika, thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Now, for the benefit of our viewers, what exactly is the International Food Information Council? What is your mandate? Um, well, what we focus on is communicating to consumers about the truth behind food and beverage production. So the truth being underlying scientific facts about food and beverage um, production, purchases they may make in the store, and then also in restaurants. And with the rise of social media, I guess you could say there's a lot of fake news out there. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation. Yeah. But there's a lot of good information too, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's hard to sort through a lot of times for consumers. Um, while we find that consumers are attracted to science somewhat, mm -hmm. some of the information can be a bit daunting, um, and consumers want information quick. And so that's probably why social media is so um, popular. So we try to give them information that they find, um, no pun intended, uh, palatable. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that th we're giving them the correct facts but in a, an engaging way. And so our website actually posts a lot of information, but it's somewhat conversational in how our posts read. And so we do that by spreading the truth about industry practices and then also about our food supply. And how do you identify your subject matter? Because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Let's take the pork industry, for example. What topics have you been focused on for, on behalf of the pork industry? So we've been focused on quite a few things. So certainly we know that consumers are um, wanting more of clean label products. And clean label basically means they want to know more about food's journey, um, but at the same time, they want their products to be simple. They want fewer ingredients. They want ingredients that they could recognize. Um, we've also seen that specific label terms resonate with consumers as well. No hormones, no antibiotics, no antibiotics ever is something that's new that's rising, um, but also consumers want things that are natural and organic. Those labels resonate with them as well. But those foods also tend to cost a lot more, don't they? That's true. And so there's a lot of misconceptions um, about whether or not organic products are, are healthier than their conventional counterparts. Mm -hmm. um, and so we try to speak on that as frequently as we can to let consumers know that the nutritional value in organic and conventional products are the same and that there's no, not one is not more safe than the other as well. Now your group recently conducted some market research and I understand it touched on the antibiotic issue. Yes. What did you learn? So we learned that with FDA's new rule about the use of antibiotics um, for growth promotion being prohibited. For the medically important antibiotics. Yes, okay. the medically important antibiotics and then also the increased use of um, veterinarians guidance for the use of the antibiotics. We learned that confidence um, in the veterinarians and the farmers and then also confidence in buying animal products has actually grown hmm. since last year. And were consumers really that well aware of it? I mean, there have been a lot of headlines about the veterinary feed directive in the agricultural press. Yeah. But you didn't see a whole lot about it yeah. some of the other, you know, popular media. Yeah, certainly. This is a question that we ask because we know that the terms animal antibiotic resistance and, you know, have been more popular lately. And then in addition to that, we kind of prepped the question a little bit and gave some background. 
So we asked, we told them a little bit what was happening in 2016 with the new rule coming down the pike. And then we asked them how they felt about it with the new rule now being implemented. What did they tell you? So we found that 30% of consumers had no change in their confidence levels at all. About four, a little over 40% had a change in their confidence level. The confidence went up. Um, about 10% kind of in the middle of the road there. They check the don't know box. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So we can see that there's some things that when FDA implements rules like this, it does resonate with consumers. Um, but sometimes you have consumers that could kind of care less. Like they're, they're like, well, I need this product. I'm going to buy this product. I'm going to, I've been buying it. I'm going to keep buying it. Were you surprised by those numbers? I don't think we were surprised. I think we were, we were certainly enlightened. Um, but I think that what could be surprising about that is because when we look at ranking as far as a government agency being a source for consumers to get their information from, mm -hmm. government agencies rank pretty low. When we asked them about food safety, friends and family and a news headline actually ranks number one as far as where to get information about food safety. Um, consumers actually trust friends and family mostly for information on allergens, which we thought was interesting, and additives. Um, for biotech and GMOs, consumers trust a scientific study for that information. And what about um, antibiotics and antibiotic resistance? Did that? News, who do they trust? News headline. News headline. Yeah. A news headline from anywhere. Well, we didn't dig down deep on that. And so that kind of would leave a, the gate open for more research to be done in that area. Because a news headline can certainly mean something that you get off of social media, something that a blogger might post, someone that's not a professional might post, because it reads like a headline. It's huge, it's big, it's in your face. So we would have to dig more on that. Well, and it's interesting to note that health professionals scored number one in your survey with this uh, group of people. And how many were in the survey? So we had a little over a thousand people and we had weighted results to be representative of the American population ages 18 to 80. Because I know that there are other surveys out there where they have surveyed consumers about who do you trust mm -hmm. and, and ranking various professions. Yeah. And veterinarians have always ranked very high, mm -hmm. you know, maybe in, in the top five. So it's somewhat consistent with your health professional finding. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, we asked a similar question last year. We asked people who do they trust? And they trust a healthcare professional, they trust a registered dietitian, and so on. These professional people who have a profession built in health. But this year we switched up a little bit and asked an additional question on who do you go to? Because we felt like well, just because this is who you say you would trust to get information from doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that's where you get the information. Of the thousand people, did you break them down into segments, millennials, baby boomers, and so forth? Yes, and so a lot of our data um, will show that millennials, the differences definitely between millennials and boomers, Generation X, we also have some um, information based on um, men versus women. Um, certainly with our clean label information, we found that women uh, are, are more so looking for information on um, having this clean label product. So they want to know more about where the food comes from, they want simplified ingredients, 
they want fewer ingredients more so than men. So what would be the takeaway messages in your mind for the pork industry? Certainly in this age you have a consumer that wants to be educated um, and they have information at their fingertips. Certainly social media is a huge driver in giving people information. So certainly I think it's important to be a part of the conversation. You have to jump in there. You have to be a part of the conversation in order to change the, the direction of the conversation and have an impact on consumer thoughts and views. Um, but I think that what we're seeing now with this new education um, or a consumer that wants to be educated more, um, we're finding that it's easier for them to be educated with the wrong information. Um, and so that's the dangerous part. But the thing is, is that if you're not a part of the conversation, if you're not in there to deliver the true facts, you know, how can you have an impact? So I think it's very important to be a part um, of social media and create social awareness and look for your creative avenues to in, or in order to reach consumers. And certainly some people have preconceived notions, particularly of agriculture. Sometimes in mainstream media you will see uh, you know, farms referred to as factory farms, mm -hmm. um, and they because people don't really have an understanding of how pigs are really being raised, right. how pork is being produced. Right. What do you think would be the what would help the pork industry move the needle in consumer perception as far as in the animal welfare and animal health discussion? Because that comes all, all comes down to antibiotics because, you know, antibiotics, it's easy to be, you know, concerned about them if you're a consumer, but at the same time, they're also in favor of animal welfare. Right. And it's difficult to be against antibiotics and also be pro-welfare. So yeah. how does the industry move the needle on that? It's real, it is quite difficult because people are primarily concerned with themselves, their bodies, and their health, and then they're concerned with everything else. So the environment around them. Um, and so while they care about animals, they think, well, what's the animal going to do to me? How does this impact me? Um, and so I think that it, it's a very emotional kind of conversation to have. Mm -hmm. um, and so you also you pretty much have to tap into the emotion aspects of that. You have to tap into people's emotions in order to make sure you the, re the messages that you're trying to, you know, give to them are the most important actually reaches them. And so again, it, it calls upon you to be creative. You can't beat people over the head with facts and think that that's going to change their minds. You can't beat them over the head with science and think it's going to change their minds. You have to tap into their hearts. How do you do that? <laughs> um, I think again, social media, it, it, it can be your friend, it can be your enemy. Mm -hmm. And so you have to try to make it your friend. Um, and follow along the stories that resonate with people the most and try to mimic some of those things. Um, we talked earlier today about using Instagram and how Instagram gives you these beautiful pictures. People take pictures of the food because it has an instant effect on you know, the viewer. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful food, it, it touches your heart, it makes you think about home. And so that type of thing is, I think, is very impactful.